0: Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Patrick Cowder and you're listening to the Aussie Apprentice Podcast, where we talk shop about plumbing, apprenticeships and the building industry. Enjoy. Oh, and there we are. Welcome. Welcome back to episode four. Um, hope you all enjoy that new intro that we've been working on. Um, worked very hard on it. So, um, Hope you enjoy it, but I am actually joined again today by Luke Cazale, owner of Flame Tech Heating and Cooling, and uh, Adventures of a Service Tech, and here he is, ready to go back again. He's back again, um,
1: Luke. What's the what's the last couple of days been like since the last spoke to you? just literally the usual daily grind. To be honest. <laughs>
0: Just a bit of everything. Just, just, just a bit living. Of everything. Just,
1: yeah, yeah. We've had some crazy weather here. It doesn't know whether it wants to make up its mind. It's either hot or it's cold. You know, we might, we might get 39 degrees, and the next day it's raining. It's it, well, or especially around your I think it's hard to book around that. You know.
0: Yeah, you well, especially for out. you. You know, people. Ah, uh, people don't. Uh, it's funny. Like I had this, like this theory. Like people lose their minds when they don't have drainage or running water or heating and cooling like they actually they they start to go mad
1: they take it for granted i think you know they mm-hmm. come home press a button their house is hot they come home press the button and it's not and all of a sudden it's everyone's problem
0: yeah and it's your fault as well mm. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're going yeah. they go, luke you were here the other day oh mrs jones i was there 18 months ago yeah but you were the last person to touch yeah. no, it. I'm, I'm not i did not predict
1: this was gonna fail yeah, that's right.
0: Oh, look, I didn't know the bird was going to fly into the side of the EVAP and bust the fan open, but not my problem. you know. Yeah,
1: that lightning strike that blew up the whole street. Yeah, no, that's that was me. Oh, sorry. I should
0: have protected against that, and I'm sorry yeah. that I didn't. I was a naughty
1: boy, <laughs> and God said, I'm going to smite <laughs> down on you. And missed me, hit <laughs> your house instead.
0: Oh, Jesus. So, now, nah, look, um, we touched on some really good points last time, um, and I've made a couple more questions since I last spoke to you. I forgot to actually, well, not forgot, but I just wanted to, I really want to peel back the layers. You're like a, you're like an ogre. You've got layers. So
1: <laughs> look like one, seem like one It's all. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay,
0: you, okay. You, you, you know, you treat your customers like one, but <laughs> now nah, look, um, Patrick. <laughs> so I, so obviously, you know, I'm an apprentice and, you know, you've given me lots of advice in, in the short time that I've known you as well. And like, but I suppose a big part of it that a lot of people have been asking as well, like, um, how do I say this in a question? Like, what what do you reckon the biggest hurdle of your apprenticeship was? And like, how did
1: you, how'd you deal with that as well? So, a few things for me, um, where I started, like we sort of spoke about in the last episode, they had that big workplace mentality that the apprentice is either always wrong or they literally don't know much. So you could have the best idea, but if it came from you, it's no good. You could tell one of the qualifieds; they could suggest it, and they're like, this is why we pay you the big bucks. And you're like, okay, that was actually my idea, but no worries. Luckily enough, um, with that, I sort of, in my third year at gas fitting, I had a different guy come on. And he was hired and he used to, he was gas and fuel, which I guess was your gas co. Um, So it was government run gas organization back in the day. And then they sort of privatized it. And then he went into driving trucks. Got out of driving trucks because he injured himself and he thought, well, I'll go back to this. And his mentality was that unless I was going to blow him or the house up, he's not going to stop me from making my little mistakes. He goes, that's how you're going to learn. So he'd literally sit there, have his coffee and his biscuits with little, you know, little old Mrs. Jones. She'd laugh and he'd tell her stories and he'd sit there just watching me from sort of, you know, say the lounge or the kitchen to the lounge room. And yeah, yeah. uh, For me, it was probably the best thing because I could literally sit there, nut out the whole thing by myself, but I knew that he was only ever a few meters away and I could say to him, hey, this is doing this. It's a little bit funny. I'm a little bit unsure. And he'd come in and go, Oh yeah, right. Why don't you move that there? He wouldn't jump in and do it for me. He'd say, why don't you move that there? And he'd usually always, you know, give a bit of a smart ass remark as well, but I literally knew that I could learn anything. And for him, it was great. Cause he just drove me around, you know, drinking coffee, eating biscuits, at people's houses.
0: Yeah. And he was just like, he was just teaching
1: you. Like his He's like, teaching. that was
0: his role. You know, it was, you know, that's, I think that's a really big thing that a lot of people, uh, not oh no, I will say take for granted. I know some some tradesmen that they're not they're not trying to teach the apprentice. They're there just for a free ride. They're like, oh, I've got my apprentice today. I'm not going to um, fuck. You know, I'm not going to do anything. And you're like, well, hang on. Like, are you teaching him or are you just throwing him the deep end and actually not even supervising him to the point where he's gonna you know. Making mistakes is 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 expected, and it and it's accepted as well. It's fine, but like to the point where, like, if you're not actually guiding him to be better every single time, he's not gonna he's not gonna know. You know, or they're not gonna know. They're just gonna go, no, oh, look.
1: That's right, and it's a big thing too. Ask anyone, you know, if you ever hear anyone say, "Oh, I've got a horrible apprentice," or oh, my apprentice is, you know, really, really, really bad, doesn't know anything, can't do this, can't do that. How much time have they dedicated into them? You know, it's like saying, oh, I've got a really bad kid. It's like, well, how much time have you actually invested into raising your kid? And that's the thing too. And then they say, oh, no, you should just know it by now. You should just know it. And like some, you do get it. Some apprentices, some qualified, some, you know, person in any career, some people are just shit at their job and that will never go. But, yeah, some of them, they literally just need to be told. and, and yeah invested time uh, in them like, to, so they can learn
0: oh it's it's you know i i have a i feel really sorry for a lot of apprentices that have tradesmen that don't care they don't actually care whether or not they learn anything they're just like oh you can just deal with it you know it's not my not my job or whatever like you know that's the boss's job to teach him mate you know i like i'm not gonna get too cheesily into it but like you know, they're effectively creating the next generation of plumbers. Do you want do you do you want plumbing as a whole to be worse off because you just didn't couldn't be buggered, like teaching this bloke how to plumb properly? You know, and all of a sudden like they're the same blokes that go, Oh, can't send Paddy to do anything because he doesn't know how to service a tap. Or something like that. And you go, well, who's been trying to, who's shown him?
1: Who's showed Paddy's service yeah. tap? Oh, he but, should just know by now. He's watching yeah. me do it a thousand times. That's, that's
0: right. But have you actually yeah. stood back given him the shifter in Maldives and, you know, getting the tap service kit out yeah. and say, just what try and do it? That. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, and then like I'll pick you if you're going to make a really bad mistake. Otherwise, I'll leave you. But I will I will help you learn it and tell you why you're doing certain things. And like, you know, we've got a first year well, um, we've got two first years of the company that I'm with now, like Prodigy, and um, you know they're both mature age, and they both have this hunger to learn, and I really love teaching them as well. Like you know, we were doing a couple of tap services the other day or something, and you know, young Rafe, I was there, and I I said, right, I want you, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a set, and you're gonna do a set, we're gonna be side by side. I said, I wanna, I'm, I will, pill, I will put, I'll pick you but only after you've done everything and you can, you know, change it or fix it or do whatever you have to. But I I still want you to have a crack and I want you to really, you know, have a touch and feel and see why we do certain things. And, you know, I can't get this off. That's not coming out. You know, why isn't this working? What do I have to do here? A thousand different questions were happening while we're in this, this, you know, this one bathroom. Like I was taking apart the basin set, he was taking apart the shower and like, but it was good. In that, you know, there's no dumb question. The only dumb question is one that you ask twice, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer or like something that you really, you've been told or you should should know. Like Someone that doesn't want
1: to learn, I think, does that all the time. They literally just want answers. And I'll get that a fair bit too. You know, someone will ask me, hey, I've got this fault on this cooler, this exact brand, this exact fault. How do I fix it? And you go, all right, walk them through it. The next week they could ask you the same thing it's like do you want to actually learn or do you just want someone to hold you or do you just want the solution yeah. yeah
0: like you know biggest thing like when we we're at tafe doing instant instantaneous like continuous flow hot water units um like install commission and then servicing another day as well i went through and like the the two lecturers that i had on the day were like they were really drilling into us how to do everything properly they're like right, now when you do this, do this, make sure to check this, grab this, you know, grab that book out and like double check what the actual parameters are for like what dip switches you need to put on or, you know, what the flame pressure needs to be at or the burner pressure needs to be at, and like what, how you need to adjust the reg and any number of ex- uh, like things. But they were like, we want you to be touching and feeling everything, but we also want you to try to work things out on your own too because otherwise you'll never figure it out. You you know, you, you like you can teach, you know, it's like, some school systems, whether or not Australia is exactly the same as in America, but I know in America, a big part of the school systems is learning the answers, not learning the process. So it's like you know you're memorizing the answers to, or like how to like get through thing, but you're not actually learning. You know, it's the a lot of showing process. you're working
1: out. I guess like that's big in the schools around here is you'll lose marks, and it was the same when we went to trade school, you'll lose marks. If you can't show you working out and if we did an exam and you could show all the working out but we got the wrong answer we'd still get like two-thirds of a mark purely because they know that you know you're thinking correctly you know the processes you've you know you've gave it a real good shot and invested your time and everything but you might have forgot to you know put a number here or add a number onto there and you would have got the answer right but you just made one simple mistake but they know that you know say if you got the same question again you'd Probably get it right.
0: Yeah, that's right. And they just want to. They want you to demonstrate that knowledge of like, hey, like I I understand rough enough what's going on here, and I'm applying that knowledge. I'm I'm thinking outside the box, or I'm thinking along, like you know, I'm I'm drawing my own conclusions by going through bit by bit by bit by bit bit to find out
1: exactly how things work.
0: And it's yeah, it's really hard, like you know, because a lot of people.
1: I guess what we were saying before too. I guess depends on the company, so say if you're with your mature age the other day where you you're doing the base and said he was doing the shower set and you felt pressured to get to the next job like really pressured like your time schedule is tight i feel like that's where some of the learning sort of slips as well because you go oh, look mate i'll show you next time we're really running behind today because the office has crammed us in super tight gotta to get to this lady's house in time or she's already screaming at the office you know i'll show you the next time and it just turns into the i'll quickly do this and i'll show you next time and i think that sort of comes across too when you see like father son or father daughter businesses where they've built it up to be a pretty cruisy business but when they teach someone they could spend you know Big company could go there and they're like, right, we've got 30 minutes to do this tap set, in and out, see you later, collect the money. Where he'd be like, we will go in, you do the tap set, you know, I'll have cheese and biscuits, whatever. We'll spend an hour and a half here, you know, and then we'll go, throw the ball for the dog on the way out. We're not in any rush. You can sit there and literally pull it to pieces.
0: Yeah, and learn as well. Like, you know, I... Oh, like the biggest part of it is like you try to learn how to break things so that you can fix things. Like how, how many things can go wrong with the tap really? You know, like fiber washer, the seat, you know, the, the tap washer, the O-rings, the, the, you know, the bonnet could be like filthy and it's not going up and down. There's no silicon grease on anything. So it's all rough as guts or, you know, the, the actual thread on it is, is like, you know, um, any number of things. Right. And like you, you, once you start, like when you do it more and more regularly, you start, like visualizing this whole thing in your head and you notice symptoms. Well, where's it leaking from? Oh, it's actually coming out behind what looks to be the spindle. Oh yeah, well that's o-rings. Or oh, no, it's coming out from the wall. It might be fiber washer. Or, you know, what's happening? Well, why is it leaking constantly? Why has it got a drip? Oh, it's an old breach. It's probably, you know, it needs a new seat like to be reseated or whatever. But like the big thing is is not just demonstrating the how but the why of why you do it. You need to know the
1: series of operation, like with with heating, especially gas heating. Knowing how and what is meant to happen when you can literally and well they say that a lot in refrigeration. If you know the vapor compression like cycle, the refrigeration cycle, you can fault find literally anything because you go All right. This is meant to do this here. Why isn't it? And the same with like gas ducts. A guy said to me once. He goes, the, sometimes you can even fault find them. Literally, they say with your eyes closed because you. You can't just use your eyes. You gotta use all your senses to so you go well, that fan sounds, you know, a little bit funny, or right, the fan started, did I hear the click of the pressure switch? No, it didn't. And you start, you know, once you understand them, it's literally easy. To use. It's, it's
0: it's simple. It's like, you know, when you're m finding a hottie and like an instantaneous thing like, Why didn't I hear it fire up? Why didn't I hear the, the click of the gas solenoid opening up? Why didn't I hear, you know, why do I, I don't have a spark that I can see at the ignition, you know, like, or, you know, can I smell gas or any number of things, like exactly right. You use all of your senses because you're trying to think in the sense of like what can go wrong and you build that repertoire over time. But it's it's learning of like how things can go wrong. And like, you know, a good one is like Jacob and Ray both, both always they'll, they'll ask questions in the sense of like, and I used to do it when I was a first year and I still do it to my, my tradesmen now as well. I'll be like, why do we do this? Oh, well, this is, you know, we do this because of this y, X Y Z or whatever. I'm like, no, but like well, for what purpose or why do, why is it like that or do you know why we've always done it like this or, you know, any number of reasons. Like you just want to get a bigger picture as possible to understand the whole thing. And then when somebody asks you that same question, especially if a client asks you that question, you'll be like, oh, you know, this is why and you explain it to him because you know it and you've thought of that exact process every single time that you're doing that one thing and then they go, wow, this, you know, this guy knows, what he, he knows his stuff, like he knows what he's talking about because he's, he's really taken the time to explain it to me whereas the bloke that doesn't ask that in the first place can't explain that to the client,
1: you know. No, that's the best apprentices I've heard are the ones that literally you see their brain, like just going, they go, same thing, they go, all right, this does this, and you go, yeah, and they go, but why? What happens if it doesn't? You know, they they really want to know, whereas some others are just like, so when that does that, we replace this?
0: Yeah, yeah, and, you know, yeah. They, yeah. Don't,
1: they don't want to go, well, why does it do that? Why doesn't it do that? Why does, you know, how does this work? How does this? you And same thing, they want to fully understand from when you turn, say with continuous flow, when you turn the tap on, what happens in the unit? What's going on?
0: And it's, it's not an easy thing like, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just into my fourth year now and I'm still, you know, I know it. obviously you're going to learn the whole way through your apprenticeship, but you're going to be learning outside your apprenticeship too. You'll be learning for years. And like a lot of tradesmen tend to say that, you know, in the first year out of their apprenticeship, they've learned more than the whole four years before they'd be like it's oh a, wow you know
1: it's a big thing here you learn the most when you're in your fifth year is like yeah the same yeah <laughs> and, just like, and people would be like but there's only four years and they're like no no you'll understand it like, when you get there you'll, you'll get, get it. it
0: it's it's nuts and like you know i oh man like you just you know i i have other apprentices ring me for I you know how certain things work sometimes and like because I know that when I've spoken to him, oh, Paddy does you know ranos all the time. So how did you know how does he chase brick? Or you know, Paddy's done a, f- a few like um, hydrojets and used the camera like, and this is our first time using the jet. Like, does he got you know has he got any advice or whatever? Like any number of things. But like you build up this repertoire as well as you're going through your apprenticeship. Who does what for who, and what is their experience as well? Like, I know you if I could
1: network to like the best of your ability, that's yeah. literally. So towards like the end of my apprenticeship, I guess, um, I moved away and started another company. And I went from the old company where I'd be like, Hey, I reckon I'm ready for my own. You now. I can go out. So, and they're like, Oh, no, we'll just leave you with such and such. You can, you know, set up the air compressor, do this. And went to this other company and they're just like, here's the keys. See you later. And I was like, Oh, are you sure? And they go, no, look, you've done this for so many years what you've explained to us, you know what you're doing. And I learned heaps there. But the thing is too, is I literally grew obsessed with service manuals and learning how things work. Like I'll just sit there just reading them. i just like, right. I had this heater. It tripped me up today. Not happy about it. I'm going to go home. And the spite in me is going to make me so mad that if I ever come across that heater again, I'm going to beat it to a pulp. And it will never beat me again. And any fault comes up because I yeah. literally, I'll go, Hey, I know you, I know exactly how you work and I'm going to fix you. Yeah. Also, knowing that, like you're saying, you know, people know that you're really good at, say, bathroom chase chasing brick. So they know why waste their time stuffing around with it when they can ring you, use your experience. But then it, it works like swings and roundabouts. You might ring them and say, hey, you've worked on Swampies. You know, what's this sort of foot? and It's not, it's the same as like reading the install manual when you put in an appliance. Like, make it as easy as possible for yourself. People are so sort of in the mindset that if the customer sees them reading a manual or something like that, that, you know, they're going to be like, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. But I'd much rather that than two months later something goes wrong because I missed an important point. That's
0: right. And, you know, like how many hotties, how many continuous flows have you seen that you roll up to a house and there's an issue with it? And that little yellow tag is still on the gas test point and you're like... Um, Commissioned. yeah commission tick why is that still on there like come on boys like just you know do a little bit better but it's you know it's it's really tricky as well in the sense that like i don't know like i'm a firm believer you're you know you're only good as your teacher really like you could you could be the best you know apprentice in the world if you've got a bloke that does not want to teach you and does not show you anything and he just goes, nah, just figure it out. And then you've been doing things wrong for four years and then you go out to a new company and then they, you get a call back. They're like, why, you know, uh, Patrick, why have you put, <laughs> this is terrible. Do you, I don't do this. Why you
1: to open the taps when they're shut, Patrick? You have to open them first. <laughs> you to That's to why we twisting breaches literally in every wall. <laughs> no, no, but, but old mate said, oh, yeah. And then they ask him and he goes, "No." Nah. I've always told him to open them.
0: Yeah. You literally. Know, like
1: it's, yeah. Oh, and then you just I've like, I've never yeah. let him do one, but I've always told him. I've always told him though.
0: Oh, has he, has he experienced what happens when it goes wrong? No. Well, okay. Then yeah. You know, and just, it, yeah, it's, it's real tricky. Cause like a lot of people that I know, you know, they, they also get their, their work ethic or their learning etiquette from their trades people as well. They'll go, oh, well, he doesn't really want to show me anything so I don't really want to learn. And you're like, oh, well, that's not really the best way to be. But then, you know, as a result, they, they're the same kids in class that are not getting what's going on because, you know, the, the, the lecturer goes off the proviso that everybody has a rough enough understanding of how a continuous flow hot water unit works or, you know, how drainage works. Like, you know, does it go downhill? Like it, it's simple stuff, but if you don't have those simple sort of understandings, which some kids don't, they'll roll up and they'll be like, man, I I just can't get this. I I don't get it at all. I don't understand why we do this. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, it makes a bit of sense. And I'm there trying to explain like, you know, with a real world solution, I'm like, oh, well, a wet system for a stormwater system can work. It's not as desirable, but in a worst case scenario, it can still function. It's just basically like one big water level. They're like, yeah, but how does the water get, and you know, you try to explain very simple, like um, principles that they really should have known the first time that they were exposed to it by their tradesmen as well. When you're like, well, why weren't you showing this? Why was it a matter of them, you know, leaving you on your own to figure it out? And then you come to trade school and you just, you know, you've got no idea because nobody's actually showed you properly.
1: Yeah, because literally all they do is, right, when we get to this job, I get this out of the van and I give it to him at this point or he yells at me.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So. Uh, that does like you're saying. That does like if for whatever reason, I think as hard as it is, and like a big one is mental health for the tradesman and for the apprentice. But if they're in a bad time, that's going to carry over into work, and you're going to bear you know the brunt of that, which is unfortunate. But it's just it's sort of what happens, I guess. But then that sets you up for a bad thing because you're really keen, you're really eager hang on a second this guy hates life hates me hates the job then you start hating life hating the job you know you don't want to learn anymore then that sort of works poorly as well because then all of a sudden you're not as eager he sees that and he's like you don't put in any effort at work anymore you don't do yeah like it it really steamrolls
0: yeah yeah i know so many apprentices well quite a few like that have quit and and they've pulled the pin and every conversation goes the same way like it's you know Trades people didn't care about me. My boss didn't care about me. You know, I was rolling up. All I was doing was digging holes or, you know, running around doing housing trusts and not actually learning anything. And, like, nobody was actually teaching me how to plumb. They were just expecting me to just sort of fix stuff. I was a handyman and in, a, in a plumber's van sort of thing. Hmm. And every one of them was going, nah, it's just, I don't, I don't like it anymore. I was like, oh, did you like it at the start? Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Oh, what changed? Oh, I just... Didn't get as much exposure, or I didn't get to, you know, properly learn enough, and nobody really cared to teach me, sort of thing. And you go, oh, well, it's not your fault. And they go, no, 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 it's not my fault. But I'm, I'm, I'm in a fourth year, and I don't have the experience of you or somebody else that's
1: gone four years and had a proper learning scheme. And he it's goes, a very you know, fine line, too. I guess, like, it, d- it does work both ways, but yeah, a lot of it is like someone's either going to get it or they're not. Yeah, it is true. Like you do, like you're saying, you get people that they get to the end of their fourth year or halfway through their fourth year and they just, they literally just go, it's not for me. Yeah. But yeah. They could have started another company.
0: That's right. And, you know, look, I, I'm,
1: I don't know, I'm a
0: firm believer that you need to, like, regardless, like, even if it's not in your apprenticeship, when you're a tradesman, you know, you, need, you, you I think it's not a bad idea to see how other people do things. And it's not about matter of like leaving a company because you're not happy there. If you, even if you are happy to company or if you've got, you know, great experiences or whatever, you might decide, oh, I'm going to go to the mines, you know, like rip in, go and have a look. But like at least it gives you better perspective in that as compared to some people, that will start one company all their life and, you know, they never really want to do anything. And then they, they hate the job, they quit. They, you know, they might work at a hardware store for a bit and then they go like, you know, they hate their life. They're Not like, sell oh, Mandela. yeah, yeah, sell Mo- mm. slap Mondela into that's people's
1: weird. hands. That is true though. Like, it, it's a very, I don't know how to put this gracefully, but I think it's a very older mentality now that if you work at a company, you've got to give them 20, 30 years of your life purely, you know, and that's the thing too and it's, I'm a firm believer and if someone gives you an apprenticeship, like, it's, it's both ways. You've got to get out of it. They've got to get out of it and, I don't like to see people, they do four years, put in zero effort and then say to the boss, see you later. But at the same, like if they're getting treated poorly or if, you know, they feel like they can get more experience, I feel like if they're a hard worker and they have a really good conversation with their boss, they can work it out to say, hey, can you sub in me off to such and such for a couple of weeks? You know, we're usually quiet around summer. Do you mind if I go to work for, you know, so-and-so or do you mind if you sub me off to your mate that does heaps of this because i just want to learn a bit i think it's it's all that open conversation because they gain from it as well you know they're quiet you're you're gone and and other things and it's that's the thing i think people are so scared of having that conversation that they either you know they don't learn or they just leave and it's yeah i don't know it's tough
0: yeah it's it's really hard like i think one of the hardest skills for a fresh 17 or 18 year old into any trade industry you know i'm gonna i'm we're obviously biased but like plumbing is a big one because there's so many things you need to know and be sure on and double check and triple check and everything but you know the biggest issue is that these guys don't know how to communicate because they've gone through school totally different work environment totally different school in like learning environment and everything and then they come under a tradesman you know be at my house at seven o'clock boy and i'll you know bring me my coffee and grab those tools out and don't it's you know, a
1: latte with two sugars. You get me two sugars, sugar again. yeah. How dare you? I'll
0: know because I'm a sweet tooth. But mm. you know, and they'll they'll rip into him. And old mate's there, and he's just like, you know, he's scared for his life because he's never been spoken to like that. And the tradesman thinks he's a big, you know, macho man because he's talking down to a seventeen-year-old. And You're like, mate, you're forty-two. Grow
1: up. Like goes home, gets beaten up by his wife. Yeah, it <laughs> comes from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> held hostage by a 3-year-old at home.
0: <laughs> the 3-year-old just beating him up big time. And you know like but you know what I, I I don't know. I've I've had some harsh words to a few tradesmen before that have ripped their apprentices and it's just like you know it's just not acceptable in the sense that like you know would you do that to your own son? Would you want somebody doing that to your own son or your own daughter? No, you probably wouldn't appreciate it. Then don't fucking treat them like that. Like you know they deserve way better than that. And like you know it I don't know. I don't know. It's like it's it's effectively, you know, I said we weren't gonna swear on this podcast, but I'm gonna it's shitting where you sleep in the sense that like you're ruining the own, your your own work environment for you because you're you're you know, you're soiling what's coming through as the next year like tradesman. And you're just, you know, you're abusing them, you're treating them like crap, and then you know, you could have had somebody that could be really, really good for the company for you and someone that you could learn from and, you know, rely on. Make your as life easier. To- yeah, that's right. Make your life what easier. Your literally. The,
1: the easier work days. Literally. Oh my
0: God. And you know, that's like, I go to work every day and I know that like, whoever I'm with my, like my role is to make their life easier. And I know that probably sounds weird. Like it, it, my role is also to learn. It's also to plumb, blah, 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 blah but a big part of it being a, a, a useful apprentice which is not a very nice term but like you know you are like if you're if you're really making your tradesman's life so simple and they're there they they're not stressed because you're making it easier they then also have the time to teach you everybody wins because they're like oh he's he's already got the tools out I've spoken with the client you know we've gone back into the bathroom and I'm going to say right how are you going to tackle this floor waste how are you going to clear it Oh well, I might. Oh, well, uh, I'll, I'll yeah, get
1: that you. Know, you've done all this work for me, Paddy. We're actually we're booked at this job till two. It's like one o'clock, and we're already a little bit ahead because you've been so productive because you've been watching and learning. Yeah. How about you have a crack at it?
0: Yeah, that's right. And like, hey, like you know, get in, get your hands dirty. Have have a bit of a muck around. See how you go. And I have, I'll tell you right now, I've never thrived more in my you know my learning as an apprentice than when I've been really thrown in the deep end and they've gone, go on, get into it, mate. You know, really like rip in and have a red hot go. And, you know, in a good way, you're supervised, but you're being thrown in the in the deep end. And they're there to, to pick you out if you need it. You know, they'll be like, oh look, hey going Patty, like, you know, what's what's going wrong? What's getting you down? I've had some stressful days, man. And I've been like throwing shovels at ground and like I've been like, you know, you you're you yeah, you know, you hit a wall, or you like you, like you get really shitty, and you walk along, and you like you stub your your boot on something, or you nut bump into a wall, and you just like nearly have an explosion, like an aneurysm, because you're just like, oh, it's just it builds up, and like, I think that's another like for any apprentice apprentices or tradespeople that are listening. Obviously, I dare say you're the only people that are listening, but you know, I think a really big thing that I've had to learn is learning to take five in that if something doesn't feel safe, <laughs> if I don't feel well, you know, if I feel like I'm getting, the job's getting the better of me, if a client's getting the better of me, or if I'm just having a bad day or I need five minutes and just have a cool down, go take a walk, have a sip of water, have something to eat, have a sit down and and come back with a fresh head. And really like that's, you know, that's avoided more problems than it's caused. Like, you know, it doesn't cause issues because what, what, you tell your boss, I'm just going to go grab a drink of water. What? He's going to tell you, no, you can't drink water. Like, you know, you just go it's off, have a breather. It's
1: you don't really want to work for. It's different <laughs> if you're having to smoke every five minutes. And you're not yeah. <laughs> you know, you've got, to, you've got to do this every five minutes or he comes around the corner and you're like, I'm just having, you know, I'm just going through my phone. I'll be back in 10 minutes. He's like, well, this is costing me time now because you could be, you know, but that's the thing. It's literally, it's reflecting, and sitting down and just being sort of, I guess, present and like, well, hang on a second, sit back. How can I fix this? How can I do this? And, you know, if you've had a bit of a bad morning or a bad night the night before and you've been a bit harsh to either your apprentice or your tradesman or, you know, I've got some apprentices that some you could, you could literally say, hey, you really made a mistake back there, you know, or you really aren't being you know you're not putting in today i can see it and some would get really shitty and just sit there and that's it you're the worst person in the world and some would be like mm, you know the emotion takes over and then like a little bit they'll be like yeah look sorry this is going on at home or this is you know and you're like oh, we, what happens in the you know we can talk about it i won't tell anyone I'm discussing the work van sort of done Let's get it out, out in the open air. Or even like a couple of times. <laughs> have one, you know, he'd feel like I'm not putting in the effort. I'd have a bad day. He'd feel like I'm not putting the effort. I'd feel like he's not putting in the effort. We'd both just be stubborn as hell. Not talk to each other. Real shitty. Just like driving music off. <laughs> driving. Quiet. Quiet. <laughs> and then one of us would be like, all right, somebody has to compromise here. So it would be like... You know, summer morning or winter morning, it would be like super hot. And our thing was, do you want to go get a coffee? Do you want me to go buy your frappe? <laughs> you know, and, or, hey, how about we go get a frozen Coke? Oh. And the other one, you know, it'd be like, like an old married couple would be sitting it there is. arguing and they would be like, Yeah, right. You got me. Sorry about before. Like, you to move on. That's right. That's that's the biggest thing is literally accepting what's happened and moving on. Yeah. And like this guy and I, like, would go get a frappe. We'd laugh about it. Next day, we'd laugh, and we're stronger than ever. Next day, yeah, that's right. We'll get it done. Yep. Yep. And you learn from it. You know, you learn to work out. Geez, you know, they're in a bad mood today. Oh. Oh. What's happened? Or this has happened. Or this has happened. Or they hate doing this job.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: They've learned it enough. How about I say to them, I'll do this for you. You know, like a big one is. I feel like really good leaders lead from the front. Yep. yep. You know, just lead because, by example. Yeah, just because, you know, you've gone under the floor a thousand times doesn't mean that you shouldn't go under the floor with them. Or yep. Stuff like that.
0: Yep. You know, just because you've dug for the last 15 years doesn't mean that you shouldn't dig again. Mm. You know, like, you know, I will, I will say this very loudly. The hardest digger I've ever met is a, I think he's, I think he's 40 this year. I'm going to sound terrible. His name's Pete. And he is, he was one of my tradesmen at my old company. I have the utmost respect for this man. He started his apprenticeship when he was, I think he was like 36 or 37. And it's not, it's not old by any stretch of the imagination, but he's got a couple of years on me. And that bloke dug like buggery. I've never seen anyone dig harder than that man. And I was like, I'm, you know, I, I've got like maybe, you know, a foot on him. And I'm way more, I, you know, I like to think I'm a little bit stronger or whatever. If I'm if I'm like if we're going by size or weight or whatever, this bloke would put me to shame every single day of the week. And strong as an ox, like you you do not want to get on his bad side, like deadly. But you know, like you, but it comes down to how. And like he he just became a tradesman when I come on with the old company, and he was just like he'd be there. It wasn't a matter of point and dig. It was like come on, grab your shovel, we'll do it together. It'll take half as long if we do it together. And, you know, it just, you know, my boss now, Nick, just rips in, digs like buggery. You know, there is no, I'm the tradesman. You know, I I don't have to dig. I shouldn't have to dig. It's like it, everything works better if everyone puts in and everyone makes an effort. And it's just a matter of, it brings everyone together as well.
1: That is a very big thing too, I think, is is where the apprentice learnt or where they sort of had their apprenticeship because local saying, if you've done your whole apprenticeship with a guy that's like, I've done that, I've done that, you're very big to say, you know, when you're qualified, well, I'm qualified now. And that's happened to me. Like I've, I've said it a few times and now like reflecting back, I'm just like terrible, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> terrible. But that's where it's come from. It's, you know, it's like, well, I do this my whole apprenticeship and they never did anything because they're qualified or, you know, they're the tradesmen. They've done it a thousand times. So then you're like, well, when I get qualified, I'm going to get my time.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, that mentality, look, I, I I, can I can understand it, you know, you've dug, everyone digs. It is what it is. But at the same time, like, you see little Jimmy there and he's only 16 and he's digging and he doesn't know how to put a shovel in the ground. And that's like, uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You don't know how to dig, mm. you're having a worse time of it. You know, I could I could work a, a quarter as hard and I'll do twice as much dirt as what he's doing because he doesn't know how to stand, doesn't know how to put his foot in the shovel, doesn't know how to get... The,
1: laugh at yeah. Jimmy and just say you don't know how to dig Jimmy and then yeah. just make him angry at me for the rest of the day.
0: That's right. Or you go, nah, look, watch this. Watch how I, I use the edge of the shovel and I cut in those corners and then I lever it against the wall and you know, I put it against the back of my boot and I punch down on it and you get more dirt out that way. And he goes, Oh wow. That's I'm a naughty thing.
1: Yeah
0: I'll oh. blow your mind, Jimmy. Don't you worry. I'll teach you how to bloody dig. But you know, and it just it's it's hilarious in the sense that like some people I don't know, like you, you're probably the same as me, Luke. Like, um, with these our first years, like I get such a kick teaching them really little things. It doesn't have to be much. It doesn't have to be anything special, you know. You know, we both have a we're proud we're proud Veto Pro Pack owners, um, mm-hmm. and we have every tool for every occasion. But like, it's very satisfying showing because like everybody has this the the you know everybody makes a comment like. I get messages all the time or, you know, people say that I'm working with, God, that's a big tool bag. Why do you need such a big tool bag? You know, what have you got in there that you'd need? And then, you know, I'm there with the apprentice. I'm like, right, that top zip on that left-hand side with my hammer, just pull that all the way open. You'll see a little blue like flat-bladed Stanley knife. Can you grab that for me? He's like, what the hell is this for? I'm like, oh, that's actually really good of getting silicon off the bench top because it's a sharper blade. And they go, oh, okay. And I'm like, yeah, put that back in its spot. And then he goes, Oh, well, what about this here? Oh, that's a Crocs tool. You know, that's for, you know, if we're doing any like compression joins under the under the sink or whatever, or, you know, if it's not flared like Luke's likes, but <laughs> but you know, and you you teach them why toys. you do certain things. <laughs> well, bending copper is I I am I'm 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 a bit of a bitch for
1: uh, bending copper. I love it. It's so good, oh, man. Like I live for it. Live it, for it, it. Nice clean bend. Oh, that's oh. really get me going. Oh, like
0: a, an offset around a pipe where you go up and over and then back onto the flat again, and you're like even
1: just like continuous flows, like doing a nice. You know, I think I do them about thirty. Yeah, thirty-degree bends offset yep. off the wall, straight onto oh. the valves.
0: I, like I've got this, me- I don't know if I've shown you, but I, you know the measuring technique where you can like measure the distance and then calculate exactly together. It's
1: like time- a funny I- thing. So I measure off the wall. So I'm doing a continuous flow. I measure off the wall and say it's, I think, somewhere about 65, 70 mil to the center of the valve. So I do my first 30 degree bend out away from the wall. I then run my tape measure sort of parallel so along the straight line, and I run it parallel up until that seventy mil hits the angle. Do a mark, and that's my. Th- and then I put that mark on my thirty degree line on my benders yep. and pull it yep. back.
0: And then off you go. And, and off off go. laughing, and you, I'm you know. Noise. And that it's such an easy thing. Like bending copper, really, when you understand the, the the basic principles of where you put your marks, you know where you sort of bend from. It's easy. It's a piece of absolute piss. But like you know, a big part of it is like. Yeah, this little calculation like I was showing um Rafe the other day I was like here check this out like you measure that what's that distance off the wall well that's exactly 80 mil okay that's the 20 mil for the gas we're going to go 80 mil from the brick face of the brick to the edge of the the um the, the union and I was like righto well if I measure that times that by 1.4 we've got you know 1.4 is the 45 degree you know ratio or whatever so we use that, and then we get oh, 120 or whatever it works out to be. And I'm like, I'll measure that mark, mark on the copper, bend once on that zero, like the put the first mark so on the mark. zero, yep, and then do the same one on the other side, do an offset back the other way, and it, nothing lines up better in the world than that. And it's just like you can't get more perfect. And it's just like mm-hmm. I blew his mind. He was like, whoa, that is like that's perfect, like, and it is. It there's, but like little things like that, and showing apprentices. Even tradesmen, like I, I know it probably sounds, I don't know, it probably sounds counterintuitive in a sense, but to some people, but like if a tradesman thinks that they know everything there is to know, they're not a good they're tradesman. Wrong.
1: Yeah. And
0: they're wrong. That's right. But if, you know, they're open to being taught something the second time around, like I reckon it was my first day working with Nick and um, he was like, oh, we've got a, an issue where they've s- stolen copper. Um, it was actually a, a 40 mil a basin waste running to a gully or something, or I can't remember what it was. It was like underneath, a, like inside, like a suspended floor. So this 40 mil copper was coming out of the ground and being cut off with a hacksaw. And I was like, oh, well we can redo it with DWV if you really wanted to, or could re-weld the copper or whatever. And like, but the whole time he was asking me what I thought we could do, because he was like, he was genuinely interested in what, how I would do it differently. And like, you know, same thing, like, you know, there's lots of things that I might know that another bloke doesn't know. And if you have the mentality that you can't learn anything from anybody, you're not going to learn. You, you're yeah, never exactly. going to learn again.
1: You're done. Yeah, And that's yeah. the thing too is, and a lot of it I think is self-image, I guess. Like people don't want to be wrong. But one of my bosses said to me very early on in my gas apprenticeship was, say putting the flare nut on before you're flaring the copper. And, you know, he goes, if anyone ever says to you, hey, I've flared copper my whole life and I've always done it and I've never forgot to put the flare nut on, he goes, it's one, or two thing- one of two things. He goes, he's either a really shit liar or <laughs> he goes, just watch him for the next couple of weeks because his time's coming. It <laughs> literally happens to everyone. And he goes, that's anyone that ever claims that they've never made a mistake or, can, you know, is the best at anything or can't learn the better way, no. they're wrong. And- you know,
0: nothing more satisfying as well. Like, I, I use... Oh, I don't know, like everyone everyone that I go to TAFE with, if anybody that I go to tape with listens to this podcast, you guys know, like I talk way too much during class, like to the to the lecturers, obviously, but I'm always trying to like give examples and explain how I've done things or, you know, say why I do, don't do a certain thing or the way that I do it is, you know, cool for these reasons or whatever. And like the biggest part of it is like I try to explain my mistakes and mm-hmm. how I found out that that was the wrong thing to do. I'm like, oh, by the way, like this is what I reckon I should do because, you know, when I did this this time, the copper like, you know, it split the copper and it wasn't good or whatever. And they're like, oh, yeah. But that immediately just makes people go, so he made a mistake and that's the better way to do it. But he's already gone through that exercise and he's already, he, you know, he's made the mistake so I don't have to, you know, that's that's the way that I that's see it as well.
1: That's, a, that's, that's a, what we were talking about in the last episode. It's like using your network for experience.
0: Oh, it's, it's fantastic. And it's just, it's easy. Like I, you know, again, like I ring multiple people throughout the day. I message you about evaporatives and like, you know, I annoy you about things. And like, even when we were like mucking around, I was learning how to size a gas service and I sent you a couple of photos. Like, Oh, you know, what do you reckon of this? And you're like, well, actually we do it this way, this way, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's very satisfying because like the more open you are to learning things, the better you're going to know how to do your job,
1: basically. Like,
0: don't close yourself off. But now, nah, look, I, yeah, that's, there's, <laughs> that was a huge tangent. That was massive. Mm, Love it.
1: That went on for a bit.
0: Um, so, another quick question that I've got though. Um, so, where, like, tell me a bit about the start of your sort of career in plumbing and heating and cooling. So, like, where, like, where and when did you start your apprenticeship?
1: So, if you go back with me for a while, back in time. time. Back in time, probably before you, you were like just a sort of sparkle in your dad's eye, probably. <laughs> I started, so I was born and raised in Wangaratta in northeast Victoria. And around 2009, I was in year 11. And I was either wanted to go into the army or do an apprenticeship. And when my brother was working at the time, they were looking for a first year. Went and the interview did everything they offered me the job and I just kind of fell into it, I guess knew nothing about gas fitting. Uh, my godfather ran his own gas fitting business. So like I could kind of pull apart a heater when I was younger. Cause if the pilot light went out, like I would just pull it apart and fix it, but it was never something I always thought, Oh, this is something I want to get into. Did a bit of the apprenticeship. In my third year when that other guy started and I really got like a wealth of knowledge for it. I started thinking, this is pretty cool. And you know, starting to learn how things work reading all the service manuals and then doing Sealy training. I was like, this is, you know, I'd love to work for a big company like that. And then sort of moved around a bit. Uh, My wife now is moving to Adelaide and I thought, yeah, that'd be cool. And I was like, hang on a second, Sealy's over there. (laughs) And across," and I was like, no way, like I won't get into it. And I saw that job role going, went for it, got it literally researched the company that much that when I was sitting there with HR and the, C- and the s- state sales manager, I was telling them how Frank started it and how his older brother, Harold, you know, ran Craig and Sealy and everything. And they're sitting there just like, what? He, he,
0: he knows it better than we do. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm invested. I'm ready.
0: But nothing, you know what, that, that speaks volumes. I, I did the exact same thing when I, um, uh, interviewed at stratco as well so that was my first job after uni sort of thing like i did two years of uni and then i, I pulled out and did um did my i just started working at stratco but i went through this interview and i was like oh i didn't know i didn't know anything i was from academia i didn't even know stratco it was a place and i was like well, whatever i looked up on the website did some research read all the things online about them i was like oh yeah i got this Went into the interview and then, like, I exactly like you did. I just, I just rattled off what I'd read and like explained how things happen. They're like, that shows that he's actually, he cares about it. He's keen. He wants to learn more. Like, rather than just going, nah, like, you know, he's, he's just rocked up and he, you know, doesn't care. He doesn't want to listen or. He's not a member on the
1: board. Yeah, that's right. And that's right. the thing too. Like, when I did this and like I was invested. I was like, this is going to be a great thing. I was like, I knew that, you know, Sealy being a big company, I could move around. And that's the thing too, I guess. So I worked there for a couple of years and then we wanted to sort of move back home or closer to Wang. And I knew that they did all their research and development in Albury for their gas ducts sort of rang a couple of people and they're like, oh, it's not really a spot. And I was like, well, I'll use this kind of network that have grown while being at Sealy. Called a guy and all of a sudden a spot opened up magically overnight. Cool. So I started there and I was, and that's the thing too, in my head I built up, right, we're going to be, you know, fixing units doing this. And it kind of big companies I think are restrained by different departments. So you want one thing, but sales one another thing and then service one another thing. And that's all, you know, trying to get that to jail doesn't really work. And I thought, well, where's, in my mind, I was like, in the next 15 years, where's heating and cooling going to work? You know, is, is gas still going to be around? Is everything going to refrigerate, refrigeration, air conditioning? So I it would really be good to get my fridge apprenticeship. So then I started that in 2019 and only f- sort of finished that this year. So that's, that's pretty much that's it. hectic. It's like... Yeah. So I worked it out to... I worked it out uh, over the last 13 years, worked for seven companies. But yeah, the highlight would be seely, I reckon for sure. And yeah. I spoke to Frank at Arbs last year.
0: Yeah, a bit of, bit of a name drop there, but...
1: Yeah, big Frank. <laughs> and it was like, I was... Like I'm a little bit tan, but I think I would have went bright red. I was blushing like a schoolgirl. Oh, how good though. It's I walked you know past the stand, I reckon about forty times. Finally decided right, got the gooners, I'm going up, to talk to him. Yep. Talk to him. And off you went. And oof the man <laughs> Just
0: intense, intense. Just, eh?
1: oh. oh and it made it all worth
0: it. Like he's literally built up, you know. Ridiculous a massive video. industry like and he is like really they're spearheading the industry as well Like, he's the man, yeah. He's the man. oh yeah and, you know I,
1: I still blush now thinking about him
0: uh, I can see if anybody can't well oh, no nobody's actually going to see because we haven't recorded the video but <laughs> Luke is actually red in the face and he's crying because he's just so infatuated with Frank Sealy but we don't he
1: said I could that. come back anytime oh, I'd, I'd call him tomorrow Frank, <laughs> I'm thinking about just calling him Frank, on Friday Frank I'm up.
0: ready to come home <laughs> <laughs> nah look i think like in another bit of a tangent like uh heating and cooling is like in my eyes there's a whole other world like obviously and like there's a lot more to it it's just it's hectic as hell because like the way that you see it there's just so many things that are more complicated in different ways compared to just plumbing it's like you know like the way a ref- like a, a, a refrigerated system works or how a split system works whatever like that's all it's very it genuinely like it's very very alien to me um some of the you know obviously you've got like a compressed gas you flare your joints that's the extent of my knowledge i'm just like oh yeah it's just been, uh, cold air come out well done patty you spastic but <laughs>
1: here's here's one for you they say, so this is a big thing that we covered at trade school, is refrigerated systems never actually cool anything. They absorb heat and reject it elsewhere. So you can't say, oh, it's cooling, you know, my split system's cooling the house. It's not. It's taking the heat out of the house and throwing it outside.
0: And that's exactly what it does. It just it pulls yeah. it out. It's such yeah. a, a simple, oh, you know what? You're going to love this. This was the highlight of doing my like LPG gas in um, boats and caravans at TAFE the other day. So like I never L- knew they were the vaporization cycle. Oh I wish I could. No. Oh. <laughs> but we were like we were there and um and we're talking about like the practical that we're gonna do. And they're like, yeah yeah, yeah. look there's a there's a cooker, you know you got to cook hook up the bottles, run the copper underneath the house, all annealed um, you know, put a riser up for the cooker, put a riser up for the fridge. And I was like, hang on, the fridge. I was like, that doesn't, that's not how, that's not how fridges work. Fridge works off electricity, you know? And now like, and the lecturer was like, he was kind of, cause he knew it like the back of his hand. He, he does like, he's exactly like you, like he's, he's dual trade and he like, he knows his stuff really well with like fridgy stuff. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll explain it when we're out there. I was like, like what? It's like a, mm. it's a, a gas-powered fridge. What even? And we got out there. We're mucking around. And he goes, righto, Paddy, come here. And I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. And um, and he goes over and he goes, oh, look, have a look at this. And I was like, righto. He pulls off the cover on the outside of the, the, the caravan. And he goes, what what do you see there? I was like, oh, this is a little babby little flame. And he goes, yep, yep. And it was like, uh, what was it? I'm trying to think. It was like point zero one. Yeah, like,
1: nothing. Uh, so it's just nothing, moving the heat.
0: Mega joules, like nothing at all. And I was like, "How does that work?" He's like, "Well, what it does is it expands the gas inside, and the gas has to recompress." And I'm like, "Oh my god, this is just how smart! Like you're using heat to cool things down. Like grow up. That's not real." <laughs>
1: It's kind of actually if you think about it like yeah the old gas fridges are a perfect example of me they're a combination of gas but also refrigeration <laughs> and they might not be the most efficient but they work well
0: Luke is a Dometic fridge everybody <laughs> nah, Luke, I, I, nice. it's pretty cool you know like and the way that I say it like, <laughs> you cyclopentane <laughs> Nah, look, I think it's, yeah, I, like, you know, I, I I genuinely have thought about, I don't know, I something with me is like I love learning so much and you're the same as me, Luke, that you always want to know more and be more and do more and everything. And it's like I feel as though if I could do a second apprenticeship but still on a plumber's wage after I finish my apprenticeship, I would do it but it's, it's not feasible as well. Like it's or it is. You could do it if you really wanted to, but it's like in, in my eyes, like obviously heating and cooling is like, it's very similar. But if I went to electrical, I was like, I'm just going to be a Sparky. I'm not going to get hired on at a plumber's rate to be a, an, a, an apprentice electrician. Yeah. But at the same time you go, wow, how like, you know, I could know two trades. Like I know a, a bloke in Adelaide, that's, he's a plumber, a locksmith and a Sparky. And he, he's like, he's triple
1: trade. And I'm like, God,
0: can you imagine? Like
1: Well there's just... always a position here at Flame Tech for you, Patrick. Oh, Flame Tech heating and cooling. I'll just will move to Wangaratta
0: oil and oil then oil. I can really be with my, my real dad.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I went off to get milk and smokes when you were younger, but I'm back now.
0: <laughs> He's back now, but it actually took him it took him thirteen years of being in the industry to come back, but it's fine. It's fine. But um, now look, I I reckon we might even we'll call it there. There's a an, an, about an hour, fifty five minutes. So, geez, we, you
1: people's, know what? People's ears are bleeding. They want to go on with their drive without us. Yeah, that's
0: right. People are like God. Someone turn this drivel off. It's just still in my head and listen to this. These two plebs. But now look, I I I just wanted to say really quickly. Anybody that has made. It, this far end of the podcast series. I know it's a little bit cheesy, a little bit of a silly thing, but it's a niche little thing. And I think it's, you know what, if anything, if nothing other than I get to talk to my mates about plumbing comes out of it, then I'm
1: happy. (laughs) Or if one person goes, you know what, the trade isn't that bad or, you know what, I'm going to stick to it. Yeah,
0: literally. Nah, look, it is, yeah, no, I, I agree with Luke. Like I hope, you know, the stories that we tell on here, the things that we say about um, how we've gone through our own apprenticeships and like, you know, you should stick it out, like really have a go, you know. And for the tradesmen out there that like, I, look, if you're a, a tradesman that have had these bad mentalities that about apprentices or, you know, you want to obviously be better or you don't really know or whatever, I hope this is sort of like, I don't know, helped you in a sense that like, you know, you, these break apprentices... Break the cycle. Yeah, break the cycle because like, you know, I don't know, I... I've, I've had good and bad tradesmen in my time. And, you know, the way that I see it is like, I never want to be like that. I want to totally foster the next generation of, of kids that want to learn. And like, wow, imagine, imagine the second generation of a kid that hasn't been treated bad. You know, that, that's the way that I see it. Like they could come out like a million dollars. No worries at all. Um, and, you know, as well, if you guys have got any questions for, for me or for Luke, you know, hit Luke up, Adventures of Service Tech. Or um, uh, Flame Tech Heating and Cooling on on Insta, um, or just Luke Kazaley. Find him at his house in Wangaratta um, <laughs> at and what is it, ten forty two Wallaby Way, Sydney. But uh,
1: that's the one. That's yeah. exactly
0: but no. So um, look, uh, if you've got any questions about the pod, or you want us to mention something, or if you're somebody that might be interested in coming on absolutely hit us up we'd love to have you on here but thanks again for coming on luke
1: i really appreciate it anytime patrick thanks for having me all right
0: see you mate